0: The Tanya of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi taught by Rabbi Ben-Zion Krasniansky Tanya's text, elucidated by Rabbi Yosef Weinberg
1: We are page 165 This is letter number 10 and this is a letter a, an appeals letter as most of these letters in these series of letters um, the Alter Rebbe took upon himself to support the Jewish community, the Hasidic community this was a uh, hundred years before Theodor Herzl, the Hasidic community moved to Israel and the expenses were very large, there was no way to earn a living there and the Alter Rebbe took it upon himself to support the community and he even took out loans, huge loans to cover the uh, the bills because they needed the money urgently and Dal didn't wait until he collected it, he took out huge loans to, to send, to be able to send to Israel. So he wrote a letter, an appeal letter, a very strong letter that although how much could he demand from his Hasidim? This is already letter number. <laughs> there were many letters before, and the Hasidim were giving and giving and giving. And here he's seemingly demanding from them to continue to give, even after they've given their quota and even beyond their quota, and he's still demanding even more. Um, because it was a very urgent and very dire situation, and they needed huge sums of money, and they simply were falling short. The Alter is turning to the Hasidim again and asking them to, you know, not to leave him hanging, hanging out there. And uh, he put himself on the line, and he really needs everyone to participate. And he says, even though he knows how difficult it is, and and they gave already, and they gave even more than that, and yet here he's appealing to them again to give once again. So, you understand the background, the backdrop. you'll understand the theme of this letter. The al Rebbe is explaining why a Jew should not limit his tzedakah, should not limit his charity to giving 10% and ideally giving 20%, but how important it is to give and to give and to continue to give and then to give even more. That's the theme of the letter. This is, Al-Tarebi gets straight to the heart of the matter explaining and shedding light on the mitzvah of tzedakah. What's unique and what's special and the power of the mitzvah of tzedakah. So he starts out, he says after greetings of life and peace, you know, you start out a letter with well-wishes, his greeting, his Hasidim, a greeting of life and of peace. And he says, May the, my opening words arouse the ear that hears the life-giving admonition. This is an admonition. And it's based on the Prophet, that the living God admonished through his Prophet, saying, this is from Jeremiah the prophet. The prophet who prophesies the destruction of the temple. And he wrote the Echa, the, the lamentation on the destruction of the temple. And in Echa, in this lamentation, in one of the five Megillas in Echa chapter 3, he says, The kindness of God has surely not ended. Now, Rashi brings two explanations: what it means, the kindness of God, kiloisamnu. So Rashi says kiloisamnu means it's as if it said kiloisamu, that God's kindness has not ended. Another interpretation Rashi brings: chazdei Hashem, God's kindness. Where do we see God's kindness? How is God's kindness expressed? The fact kiloisamnu. Because Samnu refers to us. The Jews are the subject. We did not come to an end. The fact that despite the destruction, despite the exile, despite all the tsars, we are still alive. The temple is destroyed, but we are not destroyed. That's an expression of God's kindness. Only because of God's kindness. It's God's kindness that's keeping us alive and that's guaranteeing us that we should never, the Jewish people will never be destroyed. So even in the exile, you see an expression of God's kindness. He poured out His wrath on the stones, but the Jewish people survived. The reason why it actually gives two interpretations is because if it's referring, according to the first interpretation, it makes no sense. If it's referring to God's kindness has no end, did not come to an end, it should have said, ki Samu." God's kindness has no end. Loisamnu means we did not come to an end. That's where Rashi brings a second meaning that, it, yes, it means we did not come to an end, and that's an expression of God's kindness. But Al-Tarebi, in this letter, is going to give a third interpretation. Agreeing, right, that with Rashi's second interpretation, L'Eisamnu means we did not come to an end. But he's going to explain, he says that since this is the words of the Prophet, the Prophet is admonishing us. So this is part of an admonishment. It's not just we're describing God's kindness, God's goodness, that God is so good and God is so kind that even the destruction, miraculously, we did not come to an end. God always preserves us and always protects us. He's saying no. This is part, and that's where he starts out in the introduction, this is part of the admonishment, God's admonishment to the Jewish people through his prophet. That the prophet is admonishing and Instructing the Jewish people how to behave through this verse, "Chazdei Hashem Kiloisam. and that's what he's going to explain in this letter. Kindness of
0: uh, God has surely not ended. Surprisingly, the Hebrew verb used here is "tamnu" in the first person plural, which would make the phrase "We have not been brought to an end." If the verse sought to say that a the kindnesses have not ended, rather than b because of Hashem's kindnesses. We have not been brought to an end it should surely have used the verb tamu in the third person plural as the author Rebbe goes on to point out now it should really have said kilo tamu as in the phrase for your kindnesses have not ended
1: we say in the in the in the silent prayer the highlight of the prayer service we say in the prayer of Maidim, because your kindnesses have not ended. That Hashem's kindness is infinite and so therefore that's what the verse is really meaning. If the word verse means to say that God's kindness has not ended, that God's kindness knows no limit. He should have said, like we say in the Shemoneser, the kindness of God did not end. After having answer that our
0: verse Indeed implies two ideas. A. The kindnesses have not ended. B. We stand in need of God's kindnesses
1: because we are not perfect or complete. This without the novel interpretation of the Alter Rebbe, that in addition to the simple meaning, as Rashi says, that God's kindness has not ended. But if that, if that would be the only meaning of the verse, then it would say, Kilo samu. And in addition to Rashi's second interpretation, that Lei Samnu indeed refers to the Jewish people that we did not end, and that's an expression of God's kindness, Al Rebbe here is going to give a novel interpretation. And he explains that because we're explaining why do we need Chazdei Hashem, why do we need God's kindness, because, ki, ki leisamnu, because we are incomplete. Because we're incomplete, that's why we need God's kindness. So this is an admonishment, this is a call for action. The the prophet is telling us what we need, that the Jewish people need in this situation that we're in, in this time period that we find ourselves in, when we're in exile and we are incomplete, we need God's kindness, which is a special kindness. And we need to do what's necessary to evoke this kindness. In other words, regular kindness is not enough. We need a special kindness. And that's what Al-Turabi points out. The verse says, Chazdei Hashem Gleisam. Chazdei is the plural. There's kindnesses of Hashem. There's two types of kindness. There's one type of kindness, a regular kindness. But then there's a special kindness. And that's what the prophet is admonishing the Jewish people. And it's a call for action. That Chaz Hashem, we need not just the regular kindness, we need both kindness. Also the special kindness of Hashem, the higher level of kindness. Why do we need to evoke such a powerful level of kindness? Because of our sorry situation, Gilei Samnu, we're whole, we're incomplete. That's why we need a special kindness. And in this letter he's going to explain what the two levels of kindnesses are, what's the higher level of kindness, and what do we need to do to evoke this type of kindness?
2: This anomaly will be understood in the light of a statement in the sacred law. There are two different types of chesed. There is chesed olam, literally a word like chesed, a degree of kindness which is limited by temporal bones, and there is a superior form of kindness, rad chesed, which is boundless kindness. Since it is man's spiritual service that draws down divine beneficence, the altar rabbi now goes on to explain what manner of service elicits a downfall of the chesed of the word, and what manner of service draws down the boundless degree of. He's
1: saying there's two types of kindness. There is a kindness which is called chesed Olam. A kindness which is limited to the world. And then there's a higher kindness which is called Rav Chesed, unlimited kindness. Now, even the lower level of kindness, the world-like kindness, he's not referring here to the world as is, the creation. Chesed means that God is giving us something any level of chesed, as God is giving us, he's adding to the world. He's adding something new to the world. Out of his kindness, he's illuminating the world, he's adding something, he's giving something to the world that the world doesn't have on its own. So even the lower level of chesed is also, we're talking about a bounty that God is giving something and adding to the world. It's a godly revelation that's being added to the world, that's illuminating the world. But it's an illumination, and it's a kindness, and it's a giving that fits the world. Versus you have a level of kindness, a level of revelation, that has no limits. It's not limited to the world. So he says there's two levels of chesed. We're not talking the world. They have the world, but then you have the chesed, the kindness that Hashem does and gives and adds to the world. Two godly revelations. So there is a godly revelation that's chesed oilon, that fits. it's a godly revelation, but it fits the world. It's customized and it fits the world, that the world could absorb it and receive it. And then there is a higher level of chesed which knows no bounds. Rav Chesed. No limits. That's what the Zohar means. It's two types of Chesed. He says Chesed Olam, it doesn't mean, of course, the whole creation is an act of Chesed. The whole creation is an act of kindness. But that's not, not what he's referring to. He's referring to here, after Hashem creates the world, there is two types of Chesed, where Hashem illuminates and adds to the world. But there's a godly illumination that fits the world and there's a godly illumination and a chesed, a kindness that completely transcends the world. It's unlimited.
3: Now it is well known that the Torah is called odd strength. Thus, the verse God grants strength to his people. The Gemara in tractate Zmanim comments, strength alludes to the Torah, which is an expression of Givurah. Literally, Gevura means might but more specifically as the name of one of the sefirot, it signifies, in contradistinction to chesed, the withholding of beneficence as regulated by the divine attribute of stern As our sages of blessed memory taught, the 613 commandments were declared unto Moses at Sinai from the mouth of the Geburah.
1: That's the uh, language that the rabbis use to describe Hashem from the mouth of Gevurah of the Strong One. Why would the rabbis refer to Hashem as Gevurah? Strength?
3: I.e. the 613 commandments were uttered by God as He manifested Himself in the attribute of Gevurah for which reason He Himself is here referred to by the name of this attribute. It is likewise written, from His right hand, a Torah of fire was given unto them. I.e., it was written in fire, which is an expression of the attribute of the Ruler.
1: So here it seems like, on one hand, it says, "Mimina," the Torah was given from His right hand. Torah is kindness. Torah is giving. Torah, light is an illumination. It's adding to the world. And yet, he says, from his right hand, he gave us fire, a fiery law. He gave to the Jewish people a fiery law. And the Torah was given from the mouth of Gevurah. And the Torah is strength. So which one is it? Is it kindness? Or is it strength? Now on a simple level, you can say, Both true. Because the Torah, you have positive mitzvot. And you have prohibitions. The right and the left. So you can say the kindness is the positive mitzvot. And the prohibitions are the restraints, which represent the gevurah. The limitation. But that's not entirely true. Because the, the rabbis say... 613 mitzvot were given mippiya gvur, from the mouth of the strong one, from strength. That not only the prohibitions are an expression of the left restraining strength, but even the positive mitzvot also were given through gvur, through strength. So, surely the positive mitzvot are chesed, as the verse itself says, it's from his right hand. And yet from his right hand he's giving us a fiery Torah. So what is it? Is it fiery? Is it right? Is it left? Is it strength? Is it love? Kindness? How is it both together?
4: This means the Alter Rebbe here introduces an explanation which anticipates the following question. Since the Torah of God was given from his right hand, which always takes kindness and benevolence, and indeed the Torah has been called has said, the Torah of Kindness, how then can the above quoted verse proceed to say that the Torah is an expression of fire and devorah? The source and root of the Torah is solely God's kindnesses that are referred to as the right side. That is, the elicitation of his divinity and of a radiation from the infinite Ein Sof, light, to the upper and lower worlds, is effected by man who draws down the light upon him
1: When we do a mitzvah, we're actually drawing down godliness. That's the difference between the covenant that God made with Noah, non-Jew, and God made a covenant after the flood guaranteeing that he'll never destroy the world again. Securing the world, promising he made a covenant, the rainbow, that he'll never destroy the world again. So that's a covenant, he's, he's giving to the world a certain strength, a certain endurance, a, a guarantee that the world will never be destroyed. Versus the covenant that God made with the Jewish people, by giving them the Torah and the mitzvot, God empowered us. By studying Torah and doing mitzvot, he empowered us to introduce into the world a level of godliness completely beyond this world to introduce something new into this world introduce something that's transcendent so Torah Torah, mitzvot are a kindness God is giving through us doing a mitzvah we're drawing down, we're bringing down the godly energy into this world and that's God's kindness and that's his covenant that he made with us that to draw down this, this level, level of godliness. And he says, not only, it's not only that when we do a mitzvah, we are connecting with Hashem personally, but we draw down this godly light to all of the worlds, the upper worlds and the lower worlds. When we do a mitzvah, every one of us, when we do a mitzvah, we're lighting up the whole universe you light a Shabbat candle, you're lighting up the whole universe. The upper world, the lower world, you put on tefillin. You're affecting the whole world. Why do we have the power to affect the whole world? Because we are a microcosm of the whole universe. We contain the whole world within us. Every one of us. We are a slice of the universe. Man is unique. Because everything in this universe is one-dimensional. Animals are one-dimensional. Angels are one-dimensional. Gavriel, who's awe, Michal, whose love—only a human being is a kaleidoscope of a slice, a reflection of everything. We have intellect, we have emotions, we have all types of emotions, right and left, and everything in between. And we have—we're physical and we're spiritual. We are a composite, a reflection of the whole entire universe. Which is why, when God said, one of the explanations says, when God said, "Let us make man," He says in the plural. Let us make man. So the heretics took it literally. God is speaking to someone else. Let us make man. Of course, there's only one God. But what it means is, why, why did the Torah say it in a way that you can misinterpret? That the fools will misinterpret? The reason he said when it comes to man, let us make man, because God is speaking to the whole universe. After he created the whole universe, God is saying to the whole universe, let us make man, because man contains with him the whole universe. We have the animal within us. We have trees within us. We have a reflection of everything that's out there we have within us. We have the heavens and we have the earth. and We have, we have here that grows like trees that grow. And we have, we have every part, everything in the universe is reflected within us. Let us make men. So therefore, whatever we do affects the whole universe. So when we do a mitzvah and we're drawing down godliness, not only we're drawing down godliness on ourselves, But we're drawing down godliness to the whole universe we're adding we're illuminating the whole universe so this is chesed that's why the torah mimina torah was given from hashem's right hand torah is chesed torah is about drawing down and bringing down godliness how do we do this this is affected by us drawing down light upon himself how do we draw down light upon himself The fulfillment of the 248 positive commandments, which are the
0: 248 organs of the can.
1: Just like an organ. And every organ in the body has the ability to draw down another aspect of the soul. The eye draws out the soul's ability to see. The heart draws out the soul's ability to feel. The brain draws out the soul's ability to comprehend. And to think the leg, to walk. Every organ in the body draws down another aspect of the soul. So the organ is a vessel, is a vehicle that draws out the soul. So to the mitzvot are divine. When you do a mitzvah, the mitzvot are divine. The mitzvah has the ability to draw down the divine. To introduce, to bring out, to reveal godliness. And just like The analogy of the organ. When you pull someone by his hand, who are you pulling exactly? You're pulling the hand, but what are you getting when you pull the hand? (laughs) You get them. (laughs) You get their body, you get their soul, you get their whole self. So even though it's just an organ, it's not just an organ, through this organ, I am getting the person. We're, We're bringing Hashem godliness into this world and that's any mitzvah and all mitzvah but every specific mitzvah just like every specific organ has its unique quality this organ the eye draws out the soul's ability to see not to hear the ear brings out the, it draws, ability, it draws out the ability to hear every organ is custom made brings out another aspect of the soul So to every mitzvah brings out another aspect of Hashem, another level of godliness, another aspect of revelation. So that's the power of the mitzvah. That's why they're called the 248, why the 248 limbs? Because we have 248 limbs in our body, but also they are the limbs of Hashem, so to speak. By doing a mitzvah, we draw out the soul, we draw out Hashem, we bring Hashem out and reveal Hashem. And like he says, not only for ourselves and for our own organs, for our own body, 248 limbs corresponding to the 248 mitzvot, but we draw Hashem down for all of the worlds, the upper world, uppermost world, and the lower world. And there is a Sefer, Sefer Haredin, one of the students of the Arizal, who actually wrote a whole book explaining where each mitzvah is connected to a different organ in the body how many mitzvot are connected to the eyes, and how many mitzvot are connected to the ears, how many mitzvot are connected to every part of the body. Everything is covered. <laughs> so every organ brings down another, draws down another energy, another divine energy, another divine revelation, godly revelation. And that's the covenant that Hashem made with the Jewish people. By giving us the Torah, it's an act of kindness. Hashem empowered the Jew and gave us the ability, and this he gave to the Jewish people. When none Jew puts on tefillin, nothing happens. But when a Jew puts on tefillin, he has the power through his tefillin to draw Hashem, not only on his arm and on his head, he has the, the ability to draw Hashem into all of the worlds, the upper worlds and the lower worlds, the whole universe. Like the organ that draws out the soul. So that's an act of kindness, an act of revelation
0: i.e. they are the 248 limb vessels and garments for the radiation from the infinite iron that is vested in them. Each of the commandments serves as a receptor or a vehicle for the particular divine illumination that vests itself within it, just as each organ of the body is a vehicle or receptor for a particular faculty of the soul, the eye for the power of sight, the ear for the power of hearing, and so on. And as is known from this light, awe and love are drawn down upon a person as he performs each command. The Torah and its commandments are thus a downflow of godliness springing from his attribute of kindness.
1: So there is the love and awe of Hashem that a person arouses within himself, which motivates him to do the mitzvah. That's the drive to do the mitzvah. The energy behind the mitzvah is because we love Hashem and we want to connect with Hashem, and the only way to connect with Hashem is by doing His mitzvot, so we're driven to do mitzvot. And it's, we stay away from, from, uh, from sin, but after you do the mitzvah, the mitzvah has the power to awaken within us, to arouse within us, to draw down a light of Hashem on our soul. And it stirs within us, and it awakens within us a love of Hashem. So this is a result of the mitzvah, consequence of the mitzvah, the mitzvah. We're doing the mitzvah, it's a phys- we're physically fulfilling the mitzvah, but by physically fulfilling the mitzvah and doing something godly, the effect of the mitzvah is that it stirs our soul and it draws down an awakening of our love, our natural love to Hashem, but it's dormant, it's hidden, but by doing the mitzvah, it awakens it and brings it out into the open. That's the power of a mitzvah. The mitzvah keeps keeps us connected and keeps us uh, consciously connected. So it, that's in addition to the Love and awe of Hashem that we can awaken in our own, but you can't compare it to the level, to the light that we draw down through the mitzvah, because that's divine. The love and awe of Hashem that we awaken in our own, we're human, we're finite, we're limited. So as much as we love Hashem, it's still human and finite. But by doing a mitzvah, which is something godly, it touches the godly spark within us. And it awakens the godly spark within us. And that's beyond anything we can do on our own. So all of this is an act of kindness. It's an awakening, a downflow. A pouring down of illumination and light and holiness and godliness. So the mitzvot are really a kindness. And that's the purpose of the mitzvot. The purpose of giving of the Torah was... We should do the mitzvah. We should draw Hashem into this world. We should bring godliness into this world. We should illuminate this world, light up this world, or light up the darkness. So, this is an act of light, an act of kindness, an act of. So, that's why the Torah is given from Hashem's right hand. But on the other hand.
2: However, this downflow was first vested in God's attribute of Givor which is referred to as fire, and which reflects a contraction symptom of the light and life force that you from the infinite and soft light that is enabling it to become vested in the performance of the commandments.
1: Yes, it's true. The Torah is essentially an act of kindness. And the Torah is really Drawing down godliness, which is beyond this world, transcends this world. Like the organ that draws down the soul. And the mitzvot are the organs of Hashem that draw Hashem into this world. But nevertheless, they're drawn into this world. So they have to fit the world. They have to come down into the world and they have to fit the world. And therefore, the mitzvot come out in a very measured way, and that's why all the mitzvot are very measured, very precise, very specific. You know, you read the code of Jewish law; every mitzvah is going to say is very precise and very defined, and has to be exactly. The precision level is incredible, and, and the discussion, making sure that every detail is right, and we get it a hundred percent right, and. Because the Torah is infinite. Mitzvot are infinite. They're drawing down Hashem's infinite light. But, they're drawing down Hashem's light. The purpose is to draw Hashem's light into this world. And we are limited. We are finite. So in order to draw Hashem's light into this world, to this finite world, the mitzvot also have to be very defined and very part of this world. So yes, the mitzvah is essentially something godly and something infinite, but Hashem limited Himself. This is Hashem's strength. Hashem's gevurah. Hashem contracted Himself in a very defined way that we should be able to contain the light. So it's not the limitation of the world. The world is limited because the world is limited. Mitzvot inherently are unlimited, are infinite, are divine, are godly. They're the organs of Hashem. They draw down Hashem, which is infinite and unlimited. But Hashem chose to concentrate Himself. To limit Himself. Not to limit Himself. He chose to reveal Himself in this world. Well, if he wants to reveal himself in this world, this world, by definition, is limited. So how do you take something infinite and reveal it in this world? So Hashem concentrated himself. That's Hashem's Gevura, Hashem's left hand. That's the fire. You can't have one without the other. The whole purpose of the kindness is to draw godliness, to draw the infinite, to draw Hashem into this world. But this world is limited. So how do you draw the infinite? And it remains infinite but in in this world which is finite and limited. So Hashem concentrated Himself and concentrated the infinite in a very finite way. That's why the mitzvot are very finite. Every mitzvah has so many details, so many complexities. and It has to be precise. And if it's not precise, you haven't done the mitzvah. It's not new age, (laughs) country-feely. This is... You're drawing down Hashem's will. You're drawing down the infinite. But Hashem says... I'm concentrating myself. You want to draw down, you want to bring down the infinite, it has to be precise. Exactly this measure and this measure and has to be exactly 100%. And that's why every law of have so many details. And because it has to be right. If you don't get it right, you get nothing. You miss one dot of the com, dot com, you end up lost in cyberspace, you have nothing. One tiny detail and it's all over. It has to be 100%. Not 99.9%, 100% so many details and specifics not because it's limited Hashem is not limited but Hashem chose to concentrate Himself because He wanted to reveal His infinite self His godly self into this limited world He wanted us to be able to connect with Him so therefore He concentrated Himself in our world in our language our world by definition is limited so He concentrated Himself in a very specific, precise, limited way. So by definition, mitzvot are limited. All of them are Versus Torah. As we say every morning, that the studying of Torah, studying of Torah really has no limit not like you, you know, reading the Shema has a limit, twice a a day in the morning and at night. Torah is one of those things that has no limit. Every opportunity you have, you study Torah. Because Torah is unique. Torah, in a sense, is different than the Mitzvah. Because Mitzvah by definition, what's the word mitzvah? Literally. What does mitzvah mean? Commandment. commandment. So, when you say commandment, by definition, what that means is that there's somebody who you command. If no one exists, there's no one to command. <laughs> who am I commanding to? Who am I talking to? If you're alone, you don't have to command yourself. You don't have to command your left arm to, to, listen to you, to listen to you. It's not your left arm court religion and it starts listening to you. And it's no big deal. No one's gonna make a big deal when you decide to move and your arm agrees and moves. There's no one to command to. Command you can't command yourself. You are yourself. There's no one to talk to. There's no one, there's nothing separate from you. If I tell someone else to listen, then they listen. That's a big deal. (laughs) That makes me king. If I listen to myself, that doesn't make me king. (laughs) If someone else listens to me, that makes me a king. I'm commanding, and he's listening. He's he's willing to listen to me. He chooses to be my subject. I'm the king. He's my subject. That that's what crowns me as king. That's what makes me king. So by definition, commandment means there's a commander and there's a commandeer, the one who's being commanded. Someone outside of him. And therefore I'm commanding him and he listens. So commandment by definition means that there's a world. There has to be a world. There has to be someone who Hashem is commanding to. Someone who's outside of Hashem, who's separate from Hashem, who feels separate from Hashem, someone with an ego that feels separate from Hashem, an independent entity, and Hashem is commanding us and we listen. That's what gives meaning to the commandment. So by definition, commandment means that that there's a limit. There's a world, there's a finite world, there's a limited world, there's a separate entity that feels separate from Hashem. So the mitzvah, by definition, by its very definition, means that we're dealing here in a limited world, in a limited arena, and that's the whole beauty of a mitzvah that Hashem commands us and we listen. And by listening, we make the connection with Hashem, we're drawing Hashem, Hashem's infinite self, into this world. So mitzvot by definition are dealing with a limited quantity with a limited arena, and therefore the mitzvot are limited. Not that the mitzvot are limited, the mitzvot are essentially infinite. The Hashem's kindness. But Hashem's kindness is he wanted to draw his infinite self into this limited world, into a world where you need commandments. The Talmud says that after the resurrection there won't be any mitzvot. Why? Mitzvot are forever? Because at that point, we'll reach such a level, we'll become so inseparable from Hashem that you won't need a commandment. Not that the mitzvot are going to come to an end, God forbid. Mitzvot are forever. Mitzvot are eternal. The mitzvot will never change. As Maimonides says, one of the 13 principles of Jewish faith. What it means is you won't need a commandment. Now we feel separate. So you can say commandment. Imagine you're so plugged in, you're so connected. It's automatically, if this is what Hashem wants, automatically. Every organ in your body will do exactly what Hashem wants. You won't need a commandment. It won't even mean it. What do you mean commandment? I'm one with Hashem. So whatever Hashem wants, automatically I do it, immediately. So won't, the, the idea of commandment won't be relevant. What do you mean commandment? There's no one to command to. There's no one outside of Hashem who you're commanding to. So by definition, commandment means that there's a world, a finite world, a limited world that's separate and disconnected from Hashem. And by doing the commandment, by the Jew doing the commandment, this is Hashem's organ that's drawing down this infinite light, that's drawing down the soul of the world, drawing down Hashem's infinite light into this finite and limited world. So therefore Hashem had to concentrate himself through the attribute of gevura of strength, that to concentrate himself. Concentrate his infinite self into a finite mitzvah. Into a, a mitzvah that fits into this world. It's very limited and defined and clear-cut and precise, and with all the limitations. To introduce something that's inherently unlimited, but in this limited arena, into this limited world. Torah, however, Torah is different. Torah. rabbis say that the Torah is 2,000 years. Torah precedes the world. What do you mean Torah precedes the world? Torah precedes the world because you don't need a world to have Torah. What is Torah? Torah is God's mind. Like we discussed at great length learned in the first part of Tanya chapter 5. Torah is God's mind. So God says, in this this case, this is what God thinks, this is right, right, and this is wrong, this is, does it matter if it happens, do you need an actual case, even if this case never happens, even if it's theoretical? doesn't mean you need a world. If there was a world, and if this so-and-so will argue this, and -and so-and-so will argue this, God says, my mind says, that this is correct. This is the right way. Independent of whether actually two people are coming to court, whether it actually happened, ever happened, will ever happen, it's irrelevant. It's a pure idea, pure concept. And this pure concept, this pure idea expresses itself. So when these two people come to court, this is what, this is the correct way of thinking, this is the way God thinks. And therefore there are many things in Torah that never will happen, never happen, that will happen, so far-fetched. Because it's not, it's not relevant. Torah is not relevant. It doesn't have to be a world in order for it to be Torah. Torah is God thinking for Himself. God sitting alone so to speak and thinking for himself what God thinks what's the right way and what's, what's the so Torah precedes the world so Torah remains infinite mitzvot however commandments the whole meaning of commandment the whole arena of commandment is only after there's a world and after there's a creation and after there's a disconnect, and there's a separation, and there's a finite and limited world, and finite and limited being, then you can say that there's a mitzvah. And the purpose is to draw down the infinite through the mitzvah, through fulfilling the mitzvah, we draw down Hashem's infinite self into this finite and limited arena. And that's why he said, the rabbi said the 613 mitzvot were given Mipi ha from strength. In order to have mitzvot. And he says from his right hand, God gave a fiery... A fiery dos, a fiery rules was given to them. A Torah was given to them. Thus means what to do. The mitzvot. So yes, mitzvot are essentially from his right hand, but they were given... With fire. A fiery Torah. Because mitzvot, which by definition means that Hashem is commanding us that we are limited and finite, so the mitzvot themselves also express themselves in a very precise and a very limited way. In a precise way. That's why all the mitzvot were given, concentrated in a limited form. Not that the mitzvot are limited, but the mitzvot and their performance were concentrated in a very precise, defined form.
3: Practically, all of which involve material things, such as tzitzit, which are made of wool, filling made of leather and parchment, sacrifices offered from animals, plants, and minerals, and charity that involves money or other material offerings.
1: He covered almost the whole universe, <laughs> uh, animal life, money, which covers everything. So the mitzvot are involve the material things. To do the mitzvah, the material with which we do the mitzvah are all physical and intangible, finite, material thing, specifically material, which is the which is something that's physical and material and limited. And then he says, continue, even.
3: Even commandments that involve a man's spirit, such as awe and love of God, are also of limited measure and by no means of infinite extent.
1: Even the mitzvot which are spiritual, like love of Hashem and fear of Hashem, but again, it's the person who loves Hashem and it's the person who fears Hashem. We are material and we are tangible and we are limited. Our love and our awe of Hashem is also limited. All the mitzvot are physical. Even the spiritual mitzvot have to also affect us physically. But even the greatest level of love and the greatest level of awe, we are limited and we are finite. So again, you're dealing here with a very limited expression. So yes, you're doing a mitzvah and you're being very spiritual, and you're connecting with Hashem, but in a very limited way.
3: Even for a moment, could man sustain in his heart so intense a love of God as is without end and limitation, and still remain in existence in his body? Indeed, so intense a love would surely cause the soul to take flight.
1: Even our love, our most exalted love and which for us is a tremendously high level for us to develop a love for godliness, a love for spirituality a love for godliness is really a tremendous achievement a tremendous accomplishment a a peak moment but let's not kid ourselves ultimately we are finite and we are limited and our love is limited and the proof is we don't, we don't expire, and we don't... Uh, because the truth... We couldn't handle an infinite love. We're simply not equipped. So our greatest love is very very finite and very limited in comparison to a truly true love. It's truly infinite. It's really... Uh, it's really beyond our capacity. It says Rabbi Akiva one of the ten martyrs, and he was the holiest of the martyrs, and and he was ready to sacrifice his life for Hashem. Even that selfless dedication, making the ultimate sacrifice, is still limited. It's only that at the moment that his soul expired, Hashem gave him and entered into his heart such a level of love, it's completely beyond... Human capacity, and a soul expired. So even at our best, our peak moments, our ultimate selfless acts of love, and ultimate expression of merging our finite self with the infinite, and our hearts melting with the infinite and with Hashem, there's there's a glass ceiling where we're limited. There's a, there's a limit. We can't get beyond that. There's an unbridgeable chasm between Creator and Creator. And even the most peak spiritual moment can't cross that, that chasm. So the mitzvah is that we should love Hashem, but a human being is finite and limited. So even that mitzvah is also limited. So the, the whole, the material with which we're working with, all the material is limited material not damaged material. It's limited material. So we're dealing here with a mitzvah, which is something godly and something infinite and unlimited. But yet, the mitzvah is that we take something physical, do the mitzvah with something physical, which is limited. We should love Hashem. We, by definition, are limited. So if it's a love, If if the mitzvah is that a human being should learn to love Hashem and a human being should learn to yearn for godliness, that's the material that we're working with and that's the mitzvah, well, that love will be limited. Because the highest level that we can reach is, is limited. And the proof is we're not expiring. We love Hashem and yet we go to sleep at night, we continue our finite existence so, that is the mitzvah. The mitzvah is to take a human being and to get a human being to love Hashem, to, to aspire and to yearn for godliness and to hunger for godliness and to be attracted to godliness and to cleave and to connect. And, okay, but that's, that's the mitzvah. To take a finite human being and to develop a relationship with Hashem. But it's still going to be finite and limited. And that is the mitzvah. That's what Hashem wants of us. That's what He expects us. He expects of us. We can't do any better and that's exactly what He expects. That is the mitzvah. The mitzvah is to take a flawed, finite, limited human being and to turn around your heart and to, to instead of loving material things, instead you should start loving godly things and holy things. By nature we are attracted to material things our ego nature is attracted to materialism, and the mitzvah is to turn that around and instead substitute that, instead of yearning for material things, start yearning and lusting and, and hungering for godliness. That's a tremendous accomplishment, and that's, that's the mitzvah, that's what Hashem wants of us. But exactly, but we are finite and limited. So it's only going to get us so far. So all the mitzvah, even the spiritual mitzvah they're also finite and limited and the material that we're working with is finite and limited because a human being as exalted as we are above the animal and above all the other material things we're still finite. even our heart is finite and limited and even how far our heart can go and how intense our desire could be it's also limited that's our arena that's our frame of reference that's what we're dealing with that's who we are So Hashem created us. And that's what He wants. He created us intentionally. And He wants us to bring godliness into this arena, into this finite and limited setting. So all the mitzvot are limited and concentrated.
4: So it was taught by our sages of blessed memory that at the time of the giving of the Torah, when God's divinity and the infinite Ein Sof light were manifested to the Jews at Sinai, at the direct level of revealed the speech, their souls took flight from their
1: bodies. So we see at the giving of the Torah, when Hashem gave the Torah unscreened, Hashem spoke the first commandment, the Jewish people literally expired. Their souls took flight, they couldn't handle it because it was an, a revelation of Hashem's infinite self. And the soul just, such a love of Hashem, such an intense revelation. The soldiers couldn't handle. The body couldn't contain such an experience. It was so overwhelming that the soldiers took flight of the body, and Hashem had to resurrect them. And then He said the second commandment. And again, it was so intense and so overwhelming. It took flight again, until they pleaded mercy and they begged Hashem, "Stop! Tell Moshe, please tell Moshe, speak through Moshe. We can't." take it. We can't hear the Torah directly from you. And that's why only the first two of the Ten Commandments we heard directly from Hashem. Every Jew heard directly from Hashem. And the other Eight Commandments we heard, Hashem spoke through Moshe. Moshe spoke, but they heard Hashem's voice through Moshe, so they were able to contain it. So when the Torah is unscreened, the Torah is infinite. And we can handle the infinite. We are it. And when we're exposed to the infinite, the soul just expires. The soul just flees the body. So the fact that we can love Hashem and yet we remain intact, that's proof that the love that we have is not infinite. It's a finite love. It's a love that that we could contain.
4: At that time, God restored their souls to view that he will use to revive the dead in the time to come. We see, however, that the illumination in itself was so intense that their souls could not remain within their bodies for even one moment. Since the love presently experienced by a soul within a body does not cause it to flee, it follows that this love is inherently limited. This also applies to the awe and love which are experienced as a result of the divinity that is revealed in the mitzvahs. This is the case because the flow of godliness which descends through the Torah and its infinite commandments is restrained by the attribute of Torah. We can now understand the two stages implied in the above quoted verse. Initially, the Torah indeed proceeds from his right hand, from the boundless kindness of the attribute of Chesed. But it is then communicated to us from the mouth of the Gevurah as a Torah of fire as a law which is delimited and restricted through the divine attribute of the Torah, so that it will be able to find expression in the finitude of the Mitzvah.
1: So this infinite light itself is screened and concentrated so that it should not overwhelm us. It should be able to fit into this world. Hashem, the Torah, is essentially Hashem's right hand appropriate we're learning this because it's right before the giving of the Torah it's the last class before the giving of the Torah Hashem's the Torah itself inherently is Hashem's right hand it's a revelation of Hashem's infinite self and when we had the unscreened version when Hashem just revealed it uh, spoke and the Torah unscreened what happened there was an uh, infinite revelation of Godliness and the soul simply expired once and then twice then Hashem took his light and he screened his light. And he concentrated his light. But again, this is not a screening. This is, this, it's not the same screening. When Hashem created the world, he also screened. It says, Bereshus Bar Elohim. As we learned in the second part of the Tanya at great length, Hashem created the world through the name Elohim. Hashem hid there, Hashem hid his light so that we, sh- do, that we don't feel connected, we should feel disconnected. Here, we say Hashem screamed, Hashem concentrated his light. It's like, we, it's like rain. Rain is an expression of Hashem's strength. Why? Because rain, Hashem, split the rain into drops. Could you imagine if the rain was not drops? It was a sheet of water. There would be a tsunami. The world would be destroyed. The world couldn't handle it. Can you imagine from heaven it rain that came down like one sheet? That would have been the end of the world. So Hashem screened, means He limited the water, cut it up into drops. The same amount of water. The same water. It's not He changed the water. It's the exact same water. But by breaking it down into little drops, now the world can handle it. So too, you have a screening like a screen. You're screening the light, you're blocking the light, you're distorting the light. It's not the same light. That's the screening when Hashem created the world. So the light comes out different, distorted, hidden, concealed, and it creates a finite and physical and dense and material world, disconnected world. The Torah, this is a screening like Hashem breaking down the water into drops of rain. It's the same water. It's the same Torah. But by concentrating it and by giving it doesn't drops, drops we can handle, drops we can take. So He gave us the mitzvah in a very finite, limited way. Otherwise it would be infinite and we couldn't handle it. Like the first, in the first two commandments. So now when you do a mitzvah, He said earlier, when you do a mitzvah, you're also drawing down a godly revelation. Every time you do a mitzvah, it's like a Mount Sinai. It's like a revelation. You're drawing down godliness. But the light that you're drawing down through the mitzvah, which awakens and arouses your love and awe of Hashem, comes down and drops. It's a love and awe that you can handle. It doesn't cause you to expire. It draws you to Hashem, it it elevates you, it it, it inspires you. But you can go around, you can go about your life. It doesn't overwhelm you and it doesn't completely um, nullify you. You go about your life, you can contain it. And that's what Hashem wanted. The whole purpose of the Torah, the whole purpose of Mount Sinai, the whole purpose of Revelation is that God wanted us to be able to draw His infinite light, but in... in, It's like He spoon-feeds us. Yes, with baby steps, drops that we can handle. Limited, finite, defined, specific, details. We can handle it. We can take it. And that's why He says... He said earlier, he quoted, Hashem oiz in Hashem will give us strength. The Torah is called strength. Why is the Torah called strength? Because the Torah on its own is infinite. And what's the effect of Torah? Torah precedes the world. What's the effect of Torah on us? it should completely destroy us, completely nullify us. There's no room for finite. When there's infinite, there's no room for finite. When there's a revelation of infinite, it completely obliterates obliterates the finite. The Jewish people, their soul expired. They couldn't handle it. They couldn't contain their souls. Their body couldn't contain their souls. But then there's even a higher level. Hashem always, Hashem strengthens, gives us strength where Hashem is so unlimited. He's not even limited to being infinite. Infinity is also a definition. It's infinite and not finite. It's a contradiction to finite. That alone is already a definition. But God is so infinite, so undefined, He can't even define Him as being infinite. Therefore, He contains everything, He can do anything, and therefore, He can take the infinite and concentrate it in in a finite form. Not that it's finite. Not because it's finite, it's infinite. But only God can take something infinite and retains its infinite quality and He can concentrate it and reveal it in a finite form while remaining infinite. That's why the Torah is compared to water. Water flows from the top and water will find the lowest level. Always find the lowest level. So God gave the Torah, which comes from heaven, which is infinite, comes from above, and it found the lowest level, he gave it that Sinai, the lowest mountain he brought it into, into this world. Heaven came down to it. The beautiful analogy of water is when the water flows from the top to the bottom, it's the exact same water. It's not that the water is different. The water above is one water, and then the water comes down, it's a different water. The exact same water that's above, that same water comes down. That's the strength. That's Hashem's Gevura, Hashem's concentration. This is not like the limitation and the hiding and concealment when Hashem created the world, Beresh's Baralakim. Lekim. This is Hashem concentrating His infinite self. That He reached even a higher level. This is even a higher level of the level of Torah when Hashem reveals His infinite self and the Jewish people expire. A higher level is Hashem gives us strength that He enables us to be able to contain His infinite self and, re- and retain our individuality and retain our being and presence. That's strength. That's even a higher level, because it's coming from God's essence, which is truly infinite and undefined, and therefore there's no contradiction. Hashem could take His infinite self and concentrate it and reveal it and give it to us in drops, tiny drops, in ways that we can handle, and we can absorb and receive it. So, the love that's aroused from the mitzvah is a love that doesn't overwhelm us. It's a love that sustains us, strengthens us. So, when Hashem creates the world, everything in this world is finite, is limited. Math is limited, physics, everything in the world is limited. Everything is limited. And the limitation, it's not infinite, it's finite. The mitzvot, however, are finite. They're very precise. Every mitzvah is a very clear definition exactly how you do the mitzvah. Very defined, very clear. But it's not a finite event that contradicts the infinite. On the contrary, Hashem chose to reveal Himself in this finite setting. The world is a finite that covers up in the infinite. The Torah and Mitzvot are Hashem Himself. Hashem chose to reveal Himself in a concentrated way in a, in a finite setting. But it's Hashem Himself. There is no limit. He limited Himself. When Hashem is limiting Himself, it's not something, you're not dealing here with something limited. On the contrary, you're dealing here with something that's so unlimited, that's so infinite that he can even concentrate his infinite light and infinite self in a finite setting. That's what a mitzvah is. That's the profound, the power of a mitzvah. And that's the whole purpose of a mitzvah. And the whole purpose of Sinai. And that's why the Torah was given with his right hand, but it was given fire, a fiery Torah, with strength, that we should be able to contain from the mouth of the gevura, the strong one, This is Hashem's strength, that He's able to concentrate Himself and give us the same rain, the same water. But give it to us in a way that we can absorb and handle and receive. And in every aspect of our life, in every detail of our life. That we can connect with the infinite in every aspect of our life. From business, to agriculture, to family relationships, to eating, to drinking, to everything. There's not a single part of our life that's not touched and affected, that we don't have the opportunity to do a mitzvah. We don't have the opportunity to connect with the infinite, to draw down the infinite and bring it into our finite and limited setting. Without overwhelming us and destroying us, we remain intact, we remain human, down to earth, grounded, operating in this very finite and limited world, but we are transforming the world and introducing and bringing Hashem's infinite self into this. That's what a mitzvah is. And that's the explanation of the first level of kindness. This is all the first level of kindness. Chesed o'lam. This is a kindness, that's a revelation of God, but o'lam, that's contained and measured and concentrated in this world, it's part of this world which is, refers to the mitzvah, which are comf, which are fiery, which are given from God's strength. It, it's given to us in drops, in ways that we can handle and absorb. That's the kindness of Olam, Chesed Olam. That's the first level of kindness. Imagine second level of kindness. But that to be
0: continued next time. This class is part of the Lessons in Tanya project. More classes available at lessonsintanya.com.